Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at wide jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wide Men Can't Jump. It's March, which means madness is around the madness is around the corner. Oh yeah, dig it. Freak out, freak out, madness. Yeah. So March Madness is coming your way soon and we'll have more on that later in the evening and we'll you know we'll be doing our normal ncaa tournament prediction show our updates and we'll we'll be doing a lot of that but the nba is in full swing right now and we're getting close to playoff time a lot to talk about but joining me on this adventure as always the man the myth from the great white north it's tim dombrova Oh, oh, that's not right. Jeez. That was right. That felt right. Did it feel right? Felt right to me. Well, ah, fuck it. Let's do it. Tim Dombrova. Whoa, whoa. You know, that that, that did feel right, didn't it? Careless whisper of love. But not to sell our Canadian friend short, Tim Dombrova. La Parker, don't lose my number. Oh, dear God. All right, that one popped me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. we got How's me. it going, Nate? It's a heck of a day here in Canada. Let me tell uh, you. Another. Oh, man. Yeah, that one popped me. For those that don't know, Tim and I have been doing this thing where we've been replacing names and songs with La Parca. And uh, it's absolutely been a, a really fun time. Try it at home. Uh, you You might like it. But anyway, there's a, there's a wrestler who's been on my mind. 
all the time. La, 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 Parker. Jesus. Oh, man. Some things never change around here. But I tell you what, speaking of never changing, we got another top ten this week. This one's a lengthy one. I, I, is, I have oh, 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 This is not a top ten. Oh, okay. This is this is uh, well. I, it's not an. I have on good authority from my uh, contacts at, in Windsor Castle. This is not a top oh, ten. But, no. But well, roll the roll the tape, Nate. Roll. Well, we've tape. got a message. Let's uh, let's hear it. Here we go. Good evening, and welcome to BBC One Sports. We take you now to a special Super Tuesday edition with Her Majesty the Queen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to BBC One Sports. Where are your queen? We'll give you the lowdown on Super Tuesday action in the NBA. First off, we have the San Antonio Spurs. Defeating the Charlotte Hornets, that really doesn't make sense. The Spurs, how do you spur a Hornet? But apparently they did Spurs, oh. Oh, that reminds me of my weekend twist with Ric Flair, but anyway. Woo! (laughs) Anyhow, Spurs 104, Hornets 103. Oh, in an overtime game, oh, the Queen likes to go to overtime. The Brooklyn Nets. Scored 11 points in overtime to defeat the Boston Celtics. 129 to 120. Oh, my. The, the Celtics. Oh, my. Uh, you can't really trust a team called the Celtics. Sorry, Ed Boggess. <laughs> that's the way the ball bounces. <laughs> and probably what, in the Queen's mind, is not an upset, but apparently is. The Minnesota Timberwolves, that's my best favorite subject's daddy's team. Kate Bush, how are you this evening? Probably sleeping, but anyway. Timberwolves, 139. Pelicans, 134. Yeah. What's wrong with this picture? There's a lot. Well, the Timberwolves don't win often, but other than that, not that much. Um, Zion Williamson, whom the Queen is very fond of, I might say, I might add that in there, had 25 points in the losing effort for the Pelicans, but the big man on campus was Mr. Beasley, who had 28 for the Timberwolves. Ooh, Timberwolves. Not quite as much fun to say as Twitter, but close. <laughs> Oh, in the Queen's game of the week, or of the night, as of the Super Tuesday game, the Clippers defeated the Thunder 109 to 94. And of course, who else would be leading the way for the Clippers? But ah, my good, good friend, and we were buddies when he was in Toronto, Kawhi Leonard, 25 points on the night. Um, a lot of points on the bench for the Clippers. They're just playing with the Thunder, really. Um, despite the fact of the Thunder, a pretty good record this year. Queen thinks they might go far in the playoffs, but otherwise, they go Clippers. Clippers, <laughs> I like that word. That's almost as good as Twitter. <laughs> and then, in the surprise upset of the night, the Queen's upset of the night, 
the Golden State Warriors defeated the Denver Nuggets, 116-100. A century and 16 to a century, as we say over here in jolly old England. <laughs> Golden State Warriors. Queen's accent slipped a little not bit. used to being as bad as they've been this year due to several injuries. We need the health care to be improved over there in Golden State. <laughs> what happened to the Queen? Some turncoat named Andrew had 22 points for the Golden State Warriors. Not really much of a surprise that the Warriors would beat the Nuggets. Hmm. Oh, three more games on the schedule on Super Tuesday. The Sacramento Kings defeated the Washington Wizards, and why wouldn't they? What I mean, the Kings versus Wizards, it's insane. 133 to 126 for the Kings. Why is there no team named the Queens, I want to know? <laughs> what happened oh, to the Queen? That, Charles? Queens means what? Oh. <laughs> oh, well, that explains it. Anyway, <laughs> way to go, Man. Sacramento. The Los Angeles Lakers. Never really understood this name, the Lakers. Defeat those peasant scum from Philadelphia, the 76ers. I spit on the 76ers. And that stupid year drives me crazy. 120 to 107 for the Lakers. LeBron James, if he was a Canadian, would be a great guy. He's an American, however, so he's slightly less great. Queen Australian now? But I love him for defeating the 76ers and sending a message to those colonial dogs. <laughs> God. LeBron only had 22 in the game. The big man on campus was Anthony Davis with 37 points. Shooting like a crazy man. 7 of 8 from the charity stripe, as we like to call it. The Ireland stripe. <laughs> uh, the three-pointers, he was four or five from three and 13 of 19 from the field. What a, oh, what a subject he was. A great game from Davis. And, of course, the fact that the 76ers lost makes the Queen feel very, very good. God. But in the game of Super Tuesday, the game of the night, the Toronto Raptors, my own Raptors, defeated the Phoenix Suns 123 to 114. And Pascal Siakam, probably the greatest player ever to live, <laughs> was the man Jeez. for the Raptors versus the Phoenix Suns. As Pascal had 33 points, he's probably going to get some type of geometrical um, theory named after him. Pascal, there you go. No one's going to get that joke. <laughs> Kyle Lowry had 28 <laughs> points. Mr. Powell had 26. And this was all without the services of Mr. Van Vliet, who did not play. Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. By the time I get to Phoenix, you'll be crying. Dear Lord. But anyway, those were the Super Tuesday games. So to recap, quickly. Because I know you want to get on to Nate and Tim and their awesome show. We've got winning last night. The Spurs, the Nets, the Timberwolves. Yes, I know, that's crazy. The Clippers, 
the Golden State Warriors. Maybe it was Freaky Friday and not Super Tuesday. The Raptors, the Lakers, and the Sacramento Kings. Now, tomorrow, or tonight, I guess it would be. Yes. Shut up, Charles, you (laughs) scallywag. (laughs) Tonight's game's in the picks from the Queen. Can't go wrong with the picks from the Queen. The Celtics of Boston in Cleveland to play the Cavs. I'll take the Celtics all day long. The Thunder are in Detroit to play the Pistons. Not the bad boy Pistons, the new wussy Pistons. I will take the Thunder to win that game. In Milwaukee, the Pacers take on the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't even know what a Pacer is. It's a crappy car. I'll take the Bucks to win. In the late games, the Orlando Magic versus the Miami Heat. The Queen is not a fan of Jimmy Butler, but yeah. when we're playing with the taxpayers' money, I'll take the Heat all day long. <laughs> and of course, oh, <coughs> oh, the frog came out of the Queen's mouth. Imagine that. Oh, the Grizzlies are in Brooklyn to play the Nets. And Your Majesty is going to take the Grizzlies, the Utah Jazz, Jazz. I'll play oh New York <clears throat> I don't know if there could be any more things worse than New York. Podcast hosts who don't like pizza. Oh, and no. Mix. And the Mets. And the Rangers. And the Giants. And the Jets. And the list goes on. I'll take you, Paul. The Chicago Bulls are in Minnesota to play the Timberwolves. It's kind of a battle of the losers. I'll take the Timberwolves. <laughs> the Pelicans are in Dallas to play the Mavericks. I'll take the Mavericks even though Zion is showing great potential. And in the last game of the evening, the Wizards are playing the Trailblazers in Portland. Your Majesty reluctantly takes Portland. Reluctantly. Portland. <laughs> Uh, Mr. That name makes no sense to the Queen. Anyway, that is your <laughs> NBA update in 10 minutes. Exactly 10 minutes. <laughs> Nate Bush, I understand yeah. that you're up for a boxy. Interesting. The Queen better be up for a boxy. Tom Robinson. Tom is Robinson. Where'd you steal that coat from, Tom? That can't be your coat, Tom. It does not fit. It's not proper. Get a coat that fits, you goof. Ed Bogus. Ed. Quit cheering for Notre Dame. No. Go for a winner. Anyone. I mean, the Queen will help you quickly. Because you're a good man, from what I know. Um... And, well, I don't know that much. But anyway, I mean, how about you two, instead of a Notre Dame, I don't know, Gonzaga, perhaps. Oh, God. Or maybe you'd like to put down a few of your well-earned pennies on Creighton University. Uh, don't, 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 don't cheer for Duke. Duke's are way down on the pecking order. Only losers from West Virginia would cheer for Duke. 
Anyway, <laughs> that's it from the Queen. <laughs> a stunning night on Super Tuesday. Looking forward to wonderful Wednesday. Terrific Thursday, Freaky Friday, Super Saturday, Spectacular Sunday, and Magnificent Monday. Good evening, Nate and Tim. Now get on with this show. I've got to go to bed. Lord. And that's the Queen, ladies and gentlemen, with her update and picks. <sighs> of Pascal. My God. What what a what a reference. I think the Queen might have coronavirus. Might have something. Bless her heart. That, that voice was really all over the map. It really went. You kind of came and went there. And it came again. I think the Queen... Oh, that's what she said. Um, I think the Queen, oh, yeah, she uh, did. I think the Queen was like uh, just showing off the different dialects of the Commonwealth there, I believe. Uh, she was all over the... <laughs> she was all over the Empire. But nevertheless... Queen, Queen woke up late. Was having a pretty rough morning, but anyway. Clearly, well, let's uh, let's look around Twitter. here. Some news, Twitter. some news, news and notes here from the NBA. We'll take a take a look here at what's going on around the league. I know there's uh, a lot to get to, and we we will get to it. Um, you know, our wonderful Queen did bring up the. Sp- with the win last night. Do you know what was so interesting about that win for the Spurs over the Hornets, though, Tim? Uh, well, why don't you enlighten me, Nick? The Spurs uh, were without Greg Popovich last night, and the whole thing was Tim Duncan actually coached the team and got his first win as a head coach ever last night. Tim Duncan you know, coaching as a head coach is one and zero. Good for uh, Tim Duncan, but but pray tell where was where was Pops? Apparently, he was out on what they're calling personal business. So I have no idea. That was all I could find about it. You no, know, uh, punching voters on Super Tuesday probably. <laughs> Maybe who knows? But um, another update: Phoenix Suns. Uh, remember, I used to speak very highly of Kelly Oubre. And uh, I thought that the Washington Wizards should have kept him instead of Otto Porter, but instead they got rid of both of them. Uh, Kelly Oubre is a Phoenix son. He suffered a torn meniscus in his right knee. And that's what the initial exam said about Kelly Oubre. Um, more on that is, as the details unfold. But, yeah, it looks like Kelly Oubre, he may be done for the year with that oh, injury. No. Is it just me, or has it been the year of the injury in the NBA? A lot year? of injuries this year. A lot of people affected by injuries. It's been really kind of astounding how many injuries there have been in the league this year. Um, <laughs> one thing that uh, was actually pretty hilarious, the Pacers fans, while Carmelo Anthony was at the free throw line, were chanting, Honey Nut Cheerios. Now a lot of people. Now a lot of people are probably sitting there going, "What? Why are they? You know, I don't know why they're chanting that." the The whole thing was. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at, at it. Um, so apparently the the whole thing just spins around like this. Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Garnett apparently got into it in a regular season game 
back when Melo was with the Knicks and uh, Kevin Garnett played for the Celtics. So, and apparently the whole thing was Garnett had told Melo his wife, Lala, can't make that up, folks, that's her name, Lala Anthony, tasted like Honey Nut Cheerio. (laughs) Oh, Oh my. And he goes to the line and the entire crowd is chanting Honey Nut Cheerios. You know, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> one has to wonder. No, one no, one should stop wondering. That's that's just weird. In ways that cuz he was was that do I have it wrong? Was he like uh, back when this happened originally? Was he not suspended? Mm, he may have been. I don't. I don't honestly I, remember. I I, I I got in my head. I want to say that he was suspended after that incident. I mean, he probably was. All right, I'm just looking it up here. Yeah, he was suspended for one game without pay after confronting Garnett near the locker rooms, and then again in the parking garage after Monday's game at Madison Square Garden. Well, there you go. Imagine if he does if he did that now, he'd get life. Yeah, it'd be rough, uh, especially coming from the league. If he did it now, he'd be sent back to the Knicks. (laughs) I'd rather get suspended. No, take me to jail. Don't send me to the Knicks. Take my pay. I don't care. Just not the Knicks, please. (laughs) Anything but that. A punishment oh, worse than death. <laughs> uh, another oh, another update Nick. for Knicks fans. Uh, the Kings and Anthony Tolliver have finalized a contract buyout, and Anthony Tolliver will be able to go and pursue a playoff contender. Another update, uh, injury-wise, J.J. Redick, he's done for a couple of weeks. He has a hamstring strain, so the Pelicans have lost J.J. Redick now. And he's tweaked his hamstring, and he will no longer be available for at least two weeks. Luckily, they'll get him back for a playoff push, but I don't know, maybe too little too late. Again, Tim, we've talked about a lot of injuries this year. Good good thing I never picked the Pelicans to make the playoffs right here. Oh, yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) You go to widemencantjump.com, you will see Tim's Pelicans pick. Uh, Now, let me see. How does this work here? Uh, Rewind, edit. um, Yeah. Erase. Erase. And uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves have agreed to a buyout with Alan Crabb. He will be able to sign with a playoff team. Um, so the Wolves let go Alan Crabb after his short stint there. They trade and get rid of Jeff Teague's contract, and they bring in Alan Crabb, and they let him walk. So it's an expiring deal, so I can see it coming. Um, and, and, and probably a good move. Let the youth, let the young guys play, and let Crabb go sign with a contender. Uh, J.R. Smith is going worked out with the Los Angeles Lakers this week. So that's interesting. That he would. Lakers are going to start working out Larry Bird pretty soon. Good Lord, they Seems work out everyone. Man, and, they, uh, well, they, don't, they don't miss a beat, those guys. I'll give them that much. No, no, they don't. Uh, Anthony Tolliver then signed a 10-day deal with the Memphis Grizzlies 
multiple teams made offers, but uh, the Grizzlies have need with injuries in the front court. So, Tolliver, a Grizzly now. The Grizzlies did waive Jordan Bell, who uh, played for the Wolves and the Warriors. He has been waived. And apparently, I got a couple of uh, a couple of news here, a couple of news things that I want you and I to talk about especially. Those are just kind well, of highlights. Well, that's interesting because I've also got two. So let's see if ours are, if we're the same or not. Okay. Well, the first, I, one of them I think will be. Leangelo Ball. I was wondering. Sent, sent a contract from the NBA G League and is expected to sign with the G League. He's been practicing with the G League affiliate Oklahoma City team. All right, Tim, I know how much you love the Ball family. What's well, your thoughts? No, no. I mean, if, if, if this is how it should be done, in my opinion. It's nonsense of giving these kids, you know, drafting them in the first round and all that nonsense. So that's what the G League is for, right? Let's, okay, maybe he has some promise, possibly some skills. Let's see what they are and whether some professionals can see anything in them that might be able to be built into some type of serviceable NBA player. I have no problem with this. Well, he can still get drafted, of course, though. I mean, that is a great possibility. Well, he was in, yeah, because he went undrafted in, uh, what, 2018, right? Yeah, so he can still get drafted. And he very likely will, depending on his performance. A lot of people are predicting him to be uh, a pretty high draft choice. But uh, So that's the rumor is, well, not the rumor, is expected to sign, but the whole thing of him getting drafted high, that's going to be uh, that's going to be something that we uh, pay attention to here, especially since he's on a G League team, because that does happen. A lot of guys go to the uh, the G League and kind of hone their skills and get drafted. Normally, you don't hear somebody um, that is projected to be drafted as high as he is, though, doing it. So I find that interesting. But I think this is going to be a route that we see a lot of players start to do and skipping college instead of going to class and doing all that stuff there, they will end up uh, just going to the G league, making some money, not a lot, but some and honing their craft and their skills and then going to get drafted. He's going to go to the G league and then his dad is going to demand that the G league play games with a LaVar ending. (laughs) Jeez. That wouldn't shock me either. Uh, That's him shooting a three and missing by 10 feet. Good lord! <laughs> well, you saw, yeah, I mean, the, you saw the tape of him shooting threes and he couldn't hit one, and they had to like film it for a half hour before he finally nailed one. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> yeah, that's all I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I saw it, but nevertheless, we'll see what happens here. All right, uh, the other news article, um, that I wanted to talk about was the NBA and FIBA have created Basketball Africa League. They're postponing the inaugural season due to the escalating health concerns of the coronavirus outbreak. And the African League is a 12-team league partnership between the NBA and FIBA. It was set to tip off on March 13th in Senegal, and it'll be delayed to a later date now due to the coronavirus health concerns. And um, I know this is not a... What's the way I'm, I'm, I need to put this delicately? I know this is not a health podcast, but I want to just remind everyone that coronavirus isn't as big of a deal as what they're making it out to be because coronavirus is the common cold. You can well, get several different strands of the cold. 
coronavirus is deadly, can be deadly if you're dealing with people who are older or immunocompromised. So if you have an autoimmune disease or your immune system is messed up, then coronavirus can affect you. Otherwise, you're fine. Don't freak I believe, out. I believe I read that what the common flu kills 1% of people who get it and the coronavirus kills 2%. So, well, that's because there's no. That's because there's a flu shot and there's not a coronavirus right, shot right, because it's a but, common right, cold. Right, right. But I'm just saying. I mean, considering the like your chance. I mean, you can get coronavirus and not die. They make it sound like if you get it, that's a death sentence or something. No. No, granted, you don't want the coronavirus, and we should do what we can to keep it from spreading any further than it already has. But it's not. You're right. I think they're they're, they're screaming uh, wolf there and don't really need to be. But that's. Well, uh, you can always tell when it's election time because there's always some sort of virus that pops yeah, up. We're anyway, we're not going to get into that. Anyway, I think, but I think my story's better than that one. Okay, go ahead. Spike Lee, who says okay. he will no longer, who will no longer watch the Knicks this year at Madison Square Garden. Now, do you want to know why? Why? The Knicks have informed Spike Lee that he is not allowed to enter the building through the employees' entrances as he is not an employee of the New York Knicks. Spike thinks he's so important that he should be able to come in the players' entrance. They politely told him that, no, Spike, you have to use the celebrities' entrance, which I'm amazed they even had one of those, but they do. But it's two blocks more walking for Spike. Spike is incensed, doesn't like it, and now will not watch Knicks games anymore. Well, whoop-de-doo. That, is, that's my, that was my whole take. It's like, holy entitlement city. Like, it's not enough that you have a celebrity's entrance. That, that to me, is ridiculous to start with. But then the fact that you – no, I want to use the player's entrance. That's how important I think I am. But I I'm not I mean, Here, Here's wow. my question. Here's my question. Have they been letting him do it for years? They have, but they informed him that they didn't want him to do it anymore. And he got PO'd. Well, to the point to the point that he start that he made a scene with security. Well, no, he the, the Knicks can do whatever they want. They own the the, the team that's Well, they yeah, I agree. Stuff. I mean, you know, I agree. say what you want, but I mean, who who now, should every celebrity get to use the player's entrance? No. It doesn't really make, doesn't really make sense. So who the hell does Spike Lee think he is? Well, again, this wouldn't have been an issue if they hadn't let it go on for as long as they did. That's my opinion. Well, I can't speak to that part. I'm, I'm not sure. But if, if you buy season tickets, you have certain rights. But when the team comes to you and says, hey, we don't want you to use that entrance anymore. We have a dedicated VIP entrance for you guys. And you pitch a fit and then say, you're not, I'm not coming to watch the games no more. You're an idiot. Sorry, but you're an idiot. Well, I mean, it is a little silly. Appar- I mean, Apparently, uh, this is their statement. The idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have repeatedly asked him to not use our employee entrance and instead use the VIP entrance which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden is laughable. He's the only one who thinks he should, that he wants to use that one. Nobody else has got a problem. So Spike Lee, guess what? 
And then, of course, and I don't want to get, Sorry. Say something about, say something about uh, I don't know, play something. But, I mean, and now, of course, he is using the uh, the race card, of course. And of course. I don't even and I don't even want to get into that because that's a whole other thing. I just think, like, man, just you already you can already do whatever you want there practically. Just go watch the games and be a fan. Could be in a jerk. Yeah, I mean, my fault. Hey, my fault the Knicks suck. I mean, that's not my problem. Get get mad at somebody else. Well, see, that's my thing. Is like I could see Joe Biden being like, "Yeah, the Knicks are terrible, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to go watch them." Okay, I understand. I get it, but you know they're asking you politely. Then you should probably just uh, you know just use the celebrity entrance, dude. It's not like they're asking you to come through the uh, come through the main yeah, gate with all of us normal folk. Yeah, they're not asking you to hang with the peasants or anything. They're 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 still giving you your kudos and all of that. So just live with it. Must be horrible to have such a have such a wonderful life that your big problem is that you can't use the team entrance. Yeah, it's real tough. Real tough being Spike Lee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag first world problems, man. Wow. I have a huge first world problems. And that's just that's just a terrible, terrible thing for the for the poor man. Bless his bless his little heart. Go make as they say. <laughs> but that'll be, uh that'll you know what's interesting there. there'll be a new there'll be a new documentary coming out shortly about this whole event you wait probably you're probably right so let me ask you about this game tim a couple nights ago and we've talked about both uh the milwaukee bucks and the heat and you know you and i are not jimmy butler fans nope. but i gotta tip my hat to the heat because a few nights ago they absolutely just smacked the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who have not even lost 10 games this season. That was just their yeah. ninth loss. But they smacked them, and they were dominant in doing so. And they were – it was a, a game that Miami just you – know, Bam Adebayo played great, played great defense. And uh, you'll hear more about this in my talk coming up here in a little bit with uh, Brian Fonseca. But, man, this was a game on, uh, I believe, happens – Sun, no, not Sunday. Excuse Monday, me. Monday, Monday night. This was Monday. This this game and uh, the Bucks fall one hundred five eighty nine. And if you look at the box score, uh, Giannis had thirteen points, fifteen rebounds. Middleton only had twelve points. Lopez with twenty one. He got his, but when Bam Adebayo was guarding Giannis, he was two of eleven shooting from the floor. He finished that night. Uh, did Giannis with a 6 of 18 shooting, only 33%. Middleton, 4 of 16 for 25%. Wes Matthews, 1 of 6. Just an off night for him. So, I mean, what what do you think about the Bucks losing a regular season ball game to a Heat team that has been kind of hot and cold as of late? And wow. the Heat are trying to prepare to get a top four seed in the playoffs. Well, they match up well with the Bucks, don't you think? I think so, but I mean, first off, we don't like Jimmy Butler, but we've never ever said he isn't good. Miami Heat, Miami Heat are pretty good. I mean, I don't think they're in Milwaukee's league on a in a playoff series, but but Miami's a good team. There's no no two ways around that. Whatever's going on there, Jimmy Butler's been a pretty positive influence on that team for whatever reasons. 
which I don't know what those are. Um, the bug, uh, Milwaukee didn't shoot very well. Now, how much of that was you want to attribute to Miami defense? Uh, certainly some of it. Um, and Milwaukee, or uh, sorry, Miami, well, actually, you know what? They, they shot all right, but they didn't exactly light it up either. Because, uh, I mean, Milwaukee got to lose sometime, right? I mean, at least they lost to a team that they, you know, they didn't lose to the Knicks. Yeah, and it was on the you road. Know, you know, or something like that. I mean, Giannis was due to have a, a subpar game. I mean, we allow <clears throat> we allow LeBron to have these on occasion, and he does on occasion. It's going to happen. Um, the, the, the real question there will be is what happens the next time they play? Did Milwaukee learn anything from this experience? What did Miami learn? That that would be more interesting because the only way they can play in the playoffs, right, is uh, in the final, correct? Uh, Miami and uh, who? Miami and uh, Milwaukee? Yeah. They no, they can play in the uh, they can play in the East playoffs. Just depends yeah. on the seating. Okay, right. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, well, then that. You know, that's always kind of something I always want to take away from these games. When somebody beats somebody, and you always wonder, okay, are the rest of the teams in the league watching? Did anybody learn anything? Uh, Who did Milwaukee play next? They played Charlotte the next night, I think, and they beat Charlotte. Okay, so, well, mind you, Charlotte. Charlotte, but... um, Yes, they they played... uh, Their very next game was on... No, they, they, haven't uh, they haven't played anybody, have they? I thought, I thought they, they did. Charlotte. I thought they played Charlotte before. Okay, well, you're right. Like, they do. They play right. their next game is tomorrow. Indiana. Okay, yeah. I'm it's looking like, at the they, schedule just way. Yeah, they play Indiana yeah. tonight. Forgive me. They play Indiana tonight. So let's see. I mean, Indiana, pretty good team too. Let's yeah, see play if Indiana. Team. Right. Let's see if Indiana learned anything. Let's see if they've got somebody. If they try to do whatever it was Miami did to to. Milwaukee, if if Indiana attempts it, and what the results are. Yeah, and uh, Karis Levert, man, in that Brooklyn Boston game, fifty-one points for him, twenty-six points in the fourth quarter, eleven in overtime. Damn! Did you? Did you? <laughs> what say, a game! Did you say Karis Leparka? Karis Leparka. <laughs> oh, this makes me wish I had his music downloaded on here as a. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but I don't think anybody recognizes sure. it. I don't know. Like, no offense to Karis LeVert. I'm sure he's a great, nice guy and everything. That is a very, very interesting name to say. It, it is. LeVert. It is, honestly. Karis LeVert. I, 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 yeah, I don't say it in a bad way. I just, you know, that's a, it's an interesting name. I'm, I'm curious as to the entomology of that word or of his name. Well, or what his, I got, what I his got a, uh, I got something even more strange than Karis LeVert's name. The New York Knicks beat the Houston Rockets on Monday night. <laughs> Write it okay. down. Yeah, but that was. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what that was. I mean, they beat him by two in the Garden. I guess Spike Lee not being there got him motivated. I don't know, but like, and here's the scary part: the Rockets had four guys with twenty points or more. I mean, you would think that the Houston Rockets would just rain down unholy hell in threes on the New York Knicks. I mean, they, I mean, the Knicks are bad. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. I mean, you, you can't, you can't spin it any other way. Um, 
it's the uh, I, I attribute it to the lack of size of the Houston Rockets because Julius Randle had 16 and 16. R.J. Barrett led the scoring for the Knicks with 27. I mean, listen to how many guys were in double figures for the Knicks. Mo Harkless, Julius Randle, uh, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Frank Nitticolina, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, all in double figures for the Knicks. You know how often it is that seven guys for the Knicks are in double figures? Almost never. Probably the first time that's happened this season. <laughs> Which is just so pathetic. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Knicks. you got to love them, but the Rockets' defense is a problem, I think, going into the playoffs. I really think they have an issue here. Well, everyone has kind of maintained that when they made their moves there, that they have no big man. And while the traditional role of the big man is not what it once was, you still need one. Well, at least for rim protection. I mean, yeah, you, can't have, you can't have six six. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy. A six foot six can win you a couple of games. It ain't going to win you a title. It's no, not I mean, going to happen. You don't need the seven foot two lumbering giant playing center anymore, but you need somebody with a little bit of height and girth and all of that to, to own under the, under the basket, at least somewhat, even if it's just to open up some space, but something, but they, they don't have anything in that department. And I think you're going to see, I'll throw this prediction out there right now. You're going to see the Houston Rockets get wore down during the playoffs. It's going to be interesting uh, because the defense always turns up and we always end up seeing the cream kind of rises to the top there. And the Houston Rockets, while usually a solid regular season team, uh, they just don't get it done in the playoffs. They it, they struggle. Now, a couple years ago, they may have gotten away with it. They could have gotten to the NBA Finals, uh, a crystal injury. Despite what Tom Robinson says, I think they would have got there. But, nevertheless, they didn't. So, we'll move on from that. Um, also... I do want to bring up that, um, you know, we've had a lot of stuff going on here on the show and we apologize, uh, for, to our, um, our Patreons because we've not had a Patreon show up in a while. However, Tim and I, I think have stumbled onto something that we want to do on our Patreon account. And I think, uh, I think, you know, I think you guys will like it, Tim. What do you think? We go ahead and unveil that now, what we're thinking about doing. Yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, we're talking about the Knicks. A little more garbage won't hurt anybody. <laughs> Our Patreon account, we do a lot of interviews with a lot of people, and there's some good stuff on there, and we love it. But we have been thinking about, on our Patreon account, going back and watching old games, whether it be football, basketball, um, hockey, you know, a lot of older games that a lot not, you know that we haven't not seen. Not golf, not golf, not darts, and not tennis. Oh, not golf, really? Forty-two, forty-two hours into a Patreon joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you don't, you don't want to see Tiger's final round to win the Masters this past year. It was pretty cool. No, no, I don't. Okay then. Well, no golf then. All right, fine. But, and there's, and there's, a, there's a really good chance there won't be any baseball either. 
Oh, there's a very good chance of that. Well, uh, no, no, we might do something for baseball, like you know, okay, it's the the, the ninth inning of the World Series, and there's you know something like that possibly. But okay, no, if no. it was exciting, you know, maybe we'll do an yeah, inning or two. Uh, but we ain't doing four hours of the Cincinnati Reds versus the Chicago White Sox. No, we ain't doing that. All right, so well, if you do, you'll be doing it with Bogus. Let's put it that. Way. <laughs> you'll be doing it with Bogus, and I'll no, be doing it with Bogus. <laughs> Our Jeff and Bogus show. Martinez Bogus Hour will take over. Yeah, we'll have Martinez do his own boxing segments. But I think that would be really cool. Go back and watch some old games, like maybe watch Jordan's flu game. And, and kind of think do watch-alongs and maybe do like a Mystery Science Theater thing behind it. Um, if you don't know what Mystery Science Theater is, you are missing out. Go look it up. But, um, yeah, I think we can have some fun with it. Do some yeah, watch-alongs. I mean, and... we, we kind of decided what prime contenders would be because of our illustrious fan base. Uh, West Virginia games, Marshall games, probably. Miracle uh, on Ice, we talked about. Yeah, anything, um, anything you know, with a really big ending. Um, yeah, anything with a really big surprise ending. You know, maybe the uh, game four of the Lakers-Kings-West uh, Finals with Ori hitting the game winner or, was a good uh, one. What did we figure to, you know, like, I um, mean, you know, Michael Jordan's last game, maybe Kobe. Yeah, Burns Jordan's last, last game as a bull. Um, things of yeah. that Kobe's 81-point game, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, 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 that sort of stuff. Uh, you know. I, I and even he, another one, another thing we brought up was doing the, um, maybe the 2000 slam dunk contest with uh, where, it's where Vince Carter just went insane and just dominated. tore the world apart. I'm, so, I'm planning know. on uh, I'm planning on doing a decade long uh, uh, every Duke loss of the 2000s. Well, I, if it keeps up this way, it's going to take a while. Uh, anyway, <laughs> ah! yeah, you're oh, welcome for that. Sorry, but yeah, sorry. that's an idea we've thrown out. Also, uh, about a week ago, the uh, Jimmy Butler got blocked by D'Angelo Russell for the Wolves to win in Miami. So suck it, Butler. Tried oh, to go up. I thought, I, I thought you meant on Twitter. Oh, no, no. It's talking about real <laughs> life in a ball game. Butler went up to try to win the game in Miami. Minnesota blocks his shot, and uh, Wolves win. I guess Butler didn't work hard enough to get to the rim. Yes, All right. Twitter is not real life. I mean, it, it is to me. <laughs> with, what, with what you saw there the other night, yeah. If only. <laughs> but. Mercy. All right. Woo! What we need to do, Tim, we need to we need to get to a conversation here. And we'll continue on the other side. Our first conversation is my conversation with Brian Fonseca. As he and I kind of jumped around the league talking about a little bit of everything. And uh, Brian was always great to come on. Now, I will go ahead and warn you. He was on a cell phone, so this interview may be a little choppy at times. And if it, it is... I do apologize for that. Um, I did my best to try to edit edit it in there as best I could. Uh, so if it's a little bit choppy, I apologize. But I did want you all to hear this because I thought Brian had some great insight there. So, uh, Tim, we'll go to our my interview with Brian Fonseca. But first, we need to thank our great sponsors at the law offices of Stephen P. New. Our man, Steve New, and we're going to try and get him on our couple Patreon shows where he can talk about some of those big Marshall wins from back in the day. I, I think that would be fun. I, I want to get his comments on being the uh, proud, uh, what's the proper word, uh, inspiration for a $75,000 T-shirt. 
Yeah, yeah, that that too. That would be fun to hear. But let's go ahead and hear from our guy at newlawoffice.com. Then we'll go to Brian Fonseca interview, and then we'll catch you on the other side. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Well, back on the show once again is an on-air talent, writer, producer, Work for pretty much everybody in the greater New York area, Brian Fonseca. Brian, thank you again for jumping on the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Appreciate you for having me back. Oh, it's always good to have you on and always good to talk some hoops with you. And uh, Well, last night there was some big ball games. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, let's talk about the first one here that really stood out to me, Bucks Heat. As yes. There was a lot going on there, and you said you were able to watch watch the games. And uh, let's hear some of your thoughts. What What do you think about the Bucks and the Heat ball game last night? Giannis did not have a great night last night, and uh, the Heat really turned the defense up on him. Uh, if I'm looking at the statistics right, Giannis struggled. 13 points, 15 rebounds, minus 16 in the plus minus. So, uh, what's your thoughts? Yes, before the game started, my boy just Rod, actor who I work closely with, texted me. This was during the game. He said, you know, could your man Bam guard Giannis? And he says my man Bam because he knows that I've been on this Bam weapon since even last season when they first benched Hassan Whiteside and started playing him more. Even before the draft, I was pretty high on what he could be. Now we're starting to see why, and we're starting to see other people sort of buy into that as well. And I bring all that up to say he did not play well offensively last night against Milwaukee, which kind of is to be expected because he's doing most of his damage. And he's somebody who predominantly scores inside. I think he's only hit one three-pointer all season. And he does have a bit of a jumper. jumper. So starting the offense like that was – the biggest reason why you're going to struggle defensively. And they're sort of friendly, which also makes the dynamic interesting and sets up for perhaps 21, but whatever. Uh, Giannis held to 13 points on 6 of 18 shooting. When Bam was guarding him, he was 2 of 11 shooting. So you're talking about 4 of 7 when Bam was guarding him. So Bam was largely responsible for that. Uh, offensive output or lack thereof. Lopez got his buckets. You know, he was able to get 21, but Giannis and Middleton combined 
10 for 34 looking at the numbers now, and 2 of 14 from 3 playing against Miami. And this is why I think Miami, even though I don't necessarily think they're going to come out of the East at this point this season, but I think they match up very well with Milwaukee where there's a universe where they meet in the second round, perhaps even the Eastern Conference Finals if Milwaukee could still get to a third seed, and they meet down the line, and there's a universe where that series goes seven games. And in the game seven, presumably anything can happen. But I think Miami has the wings, has the role players. They have enough depth to really get in, get under Milwaukee's skin. And they have Bam, who has demonstrated multiple times they can guard Giannis really well. And they're the only team to beat the Milwaukee Bucks twice this season. And Bam is a big part of that because the first time back in October, Jimmy Butler wasn't even playing. He was out. He had his daughter. So he was obviously taking care of more important matters. But Ben was able to help shut down Giannis in the fourth quarter and in overtime when they won in Milwaukee. So they sort of have Milwaukee's number right now, and I'd love to see a series between those two um, in May or whatever. Well, and and let's just reiterate here, this wasn't a win for Miami that um, was by, you know, a last-second tip-in or, you know, a buzzer beater. This was a dominant performance. They won by 16 points. And the Bucks yep. only put up eighty nine. That's astounding. Yeah, and that's that. Now injuries have something to do with that, but for the most part, you know, Jimmy's been there most nights, and Bam hasn't missed a. Yeah, so you think that with those two largely in the lineup, that they would be able to, uh, you know, help out with that. Derek Jones Jr. is giving up something on the defensive end, and he's starting. And then you have, uh, you know, other guys on the team now, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala. But haven't really been that lockdown defensive team I felt like they could be this season. But I think that they've they're demonstrated that it's still in there. Yeah. Um Sorry there. I think my internet cut out there for a second, but I still got you. Still with me? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I still got you. Awesome. Um, let's talk about the game that nobody saw coming, especially from a spread perspective. The New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets <laughs> last night, and this one, this one was uh, this one was one that I think uh, Vegas Vegas loved. Uh, the Knicks win one twenty five to one twenty three over the Rockets. Um, well, you you said you paid close attention to this one. What's your thoughts here? <laughs> R.J. Barrett went off last night. Yeah, and and people know that I'm I'm higher on R.J. Barrett than most, and I also said on a podcast a really, really good pro, like as good of a pro as we're saying some of the these could be. Uh, So so far, so like that's 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 a totally different level. But I think RJ Barrett is 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 sort of the answer that the Knicks need, and I think he's going to prove that over time. It's not going to happen right away. He's still only 19 years old, and people may have heard me on my podcast at any point. I've said recently that I do not want the Houston Rockets. Uh, to succeed with their super super small ball lineup because I just don't think it would be good for if they're out here with a six-foot-six center 
and they're winning a bunch of games and winning a championship and stuff like that. Not that I think it's going to happen anyway, because James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I just don't see them getting past the first or even second round at best. But R.J. Barrett was great last night. He tied a career high with 27. He had 27, 5-5. And these are numbers that I could see him putting up regularly down the line in years from now. And it should be worth noting that, you know, people, and that's not going to work. I mean, look, P.J. Tucker is in the center now. He had a game where he hit the sort of game-sealing jumper. Uh, not jumper, but ceiling layup. He believes his way to the rim with P.J. Tucker guarding him, moved P.J. Tucker out of the way, and it wasn't an offensive charge. It was just a good play. P.J. Tucker, I don't know if he was trying to draw a charge or, or, uh, or he just stopped or whatever, but he was physically moved out of the way, and R.J. Barrett was able to get to the rim down the stretch when it mattered most. And I think that his, his shot selection, he's only hitting 40% of his shots. His shot selection is pretty good for the most part of the season. That's something that worried a lot of people. And I think as he's room more, he'll get more comfortable in, and we'll start to see those numbers spike. And I think that, you know, what, five, six weeks for him? For him and the other young guys on the team, Mitchell Robinson played well. Frank Nielakina played well. This is a stretch for to sort of prove themselves going into the next season because, I mean, this is already progress from last season's abysmal 17-win <laughs> game. And this is a big time for them because, you know, they have Leon Rose, who was in attendance. They have a high first-round pick, and Lord knows where that can be. And they're Rebuild doesn't take so long as long as they stay out of their own way. That's people will understand what I mean by that. Yeah, and the Knicks, uh, I, I look at that roster from last night, seven people in double figures. And uh, if Frank uh, Frank Nitkalina can get double figures, that's almost what I like to call a, a God-given miracle uh for the Knicks so that's uh big for them that they could get that win last night and and really it's big looking at playoff contention because you know the Houston Rockets in the west are sitting at the four seed and they're trying to creep up and get close to the Clippers and the and the Nuggets but they lose that game last night Utah gets to move closer to them and you look at the west playoffs New Orleans and Portland and Sacramento are all close, but they're still three games out. Memphis was on fire for a while, and but then now they're four and six in their last ten. Uh, you know, Sacramento's seven and three in their last ten. There's going to be really, it's going to come down to about four teams. It looks like maybe five competing for that eight spot to probably get swept by the Lakers. Um, of the five teams, I'll go ahead and name them off for you. Uh, Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio. Who do you like? Who do you think grabs that eight seed? And Memphis does have a, a nice three-and-a-half game cushion right now, so they're really in the driver's seat. But who do you think grabs that eight seed? I'm going to go with Portland, actually. And the reason why is because um, – Memphis has a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way, and I just think I, it, it's hard for me at this point, even with that three-and-a-half game cushion that you mentioned, um, to see Memphis sort of, 
you know, John Morant making the playoffs and Damian Lillard being on the outside looking in. Like, that's one of those things that it's hard for me to predict even at this point. I would have to see it to believe it. They're going to face each other, which is going to be an interesting matchup. They're going to face each other. And Memphis goes over there twice, March 12th and April 5th. So that's going to be very, very interesting, and that could swing things if Portland gets some wins and Memphis sort of stays where they're at and narrows that gap a little bit. And Portland does have some more home games down the stretch. Like, they have a tough um, – well, I don't know about tough looking at these teams, but they have a road, uh, road a road trip later on in March. So I'm looking at their schedule now. I just pulled it up. They have Washington next. But then you see a lot of, like, Phoenix, Sacramento, Phoenix, Memphis. These are winnable games if you're Portland. Like, you have to win games. They do have Houston. They do have Minnesota. They do have Dallas. Uh, but what you're looking at is over the next eight games that they're playing, seven of them are at home you would think that they go on some sort of a run. They, In order to maintain their playoff hopes, they should win five, if not six, out of those games minimum. And then their road trip is not brutal. They have Minnesota, Detroit, Billy Brook. Well, I can't win four of those. You know what I mean? And after that, games down the stretch, they have five of their last six games. Uh, at home. So I think that there's a path to where they can still overtake Memphis, who still has some tougher games out of stress. They're in Dallas. Like I said, they're in Portland twice. They still have to see Milwaukee. They have a home-and-home with New Orleans. They could lose both. They have a home-and-home with Toronto. That's interesting. Memphis and Toronto with a home-and-home. Uh, Boston, they have at Denver. You know what I mean? They have Philly, Houston. I'm looking at their last six games, and it's a little bit of a gauntlet. They have This is Memphis we're talking about, home against Dallas, at Portland, at Denver, home against OKC, home against Philly, at Houston. Philly, not the best road team, but, you know, I'm taking Philly in a game over Memphis. So I think there's a path to where Portland could overtake. And I think there's a path to where, you know, Dame, CJ, Carmelo Anthony, et cetera, et cetera, just plays really well down the stretch and just gets in the playoffs. And I kind of hope they do because I think a series with them and the Lakers will be interesting. I don't know if if – it, they're not going to beat the Lakers in that series, but I think, you know, I think they can push them to five or six games. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. I mean, Portland, it's really been odd seeing Portland struggle this year. Um, not a lot of people yeah. expect, especially after, you know, they go to the Western Conference Finals last year, and then this year they've kind of, they've just struggled the whole way. I mean, their home record's not, normally Portland's a really tough place to play, they're just three games over 500 at home and then 11 and 22 on the road. So, again, well, that's a, just odd. Yeah, and you know what it is. It's just – and I, I did this research earlier this year just sort of randomly because I was out of curiosity. And, you know, I looked up their stats from last year, and you'll see mm-hmm. that they had minutes for team um, – 13, I mean, or you could even stress that even further. Let's just focus on the top 13 guys, all of them average double-digit minutes or more. Only Dave and CJ are on the team right now. You know, Nurkic was fourth, but he is hurt. Rodney Hood is fifth, and he is hurt. With Samito, Panther, Seth Curry, Collins, Stauskas, Myers Leonard are not on the team anymore. Well, Zach Collins is, he's hurt. And, you know, the only ones on the team are one and two, Lillard and CJ. So they lost basically after Lillard and CJ, they lost their top 10, 11 role players, and that's going to be hard to overcome. Season. 
way has that helped stabilize the force pretty well, well as you could have thought. I think a lot of people thought that he had less in the tank, but he's having his best season that he's had since probably probably since he was with the Knicks. And right now, you're relying on a lot of guys who weren't getting those minutes last year. You have Anthony Simons and, you know, Hassan Whiteside, who, you know, puts up some empty stats and, and you trade it for Trevor Ariza. So there, there's just a lot of a lot of just change happening that's been hard for them to overcome. So I don't think last year's conference finals trip for them was a flash in the pan like some other people do. But I do think that it's going to be hard for them, A, to get back there unless they – you know, establish some things and really just stay healthy. And that's, you know, the health thing is hard for anybody to predict. Yeah, and I knew the loss of Aminu would affect him. A lot of people are like, oh, it's Al Farouk Aminu. I'm like, if you don't watch Portland and the way they play, that dude was key mm-hmm. for them. And I'm surprised that they let him walk. But, I mean, I get it. He goes to Orlando, which he's hurt this season for Orlando. So, I mean, he he's a great player, and, and people don't give him credit for what he does. Now he's not a superstar, but he he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. All right, we've mentioned Philly, we've mentioned Orlando. Let's head over to the East. Um, let's talk about the playoffs before I get into the Seventy Sixers. Orlando and Brooklyn are the seven eight. They are actually uh, both twenty five games out of first, so they're tied in general. Washington is four games back of that. And then you got Charlotte, Chicago. I think Brooklyn and Orlando are pretty much playoff teams. All the others are uh, lottery teams. But that's just me. Uh, of course, anything can happen. Uh, what's mm-hmm. your thought there from seven and eight down to, I mean, we can realistically, I guess, uh, Chicago and Detroit have a chance. I mean, realistically, the Knicks are not out of it. Um, but what's your thoughts, you know, heading in for this seven, eight seed? Is it? Orlando and Brooklyn, it's just a matter of who's the seven, who's the eight. Pretty much. I I, I have been flirting with uh, can Bradley Beal sort of will Washington to the eighth seed as recently as last week, but you see that he goes off on these games and has these incredible scoring stretches, but it doesn't mean much in terms of the result because he doesn't have really any help around him. So I think that, you know, it's going to be disappointing for Bradley Beal, but I just don't see Washington getting hot enough to where they make the playoffs. I do think that, um, you know, Orlando and Brooklyn are obviously going to get in with, you know, less than stellar records. You're probably, like, it's possible that both of these teams win only between 35 and 37 games. And, you know, I guess that's classic Eastern Conference for you. (laughs) But... I think that it's all moot, and it kind of – I don't think it matters much either. I know Orlando did, you know, push Toronto in what was an entertaining first-round series last year, so maybe we can replicate some of that. I don't – it doesn't appear that Jonathan Isaac is going to come back for Orlando, and I think that's a big loss for them that people sort of overlook. Jonathan Isaac was playing like one of the best defenders in the NBA who can guard pretty much all five positions, and he was doing things on the offensive end where – you know, he was showing these flashes where it was like, oh, man, could he become this two-way sort of threat who can shoot threes, who can score inside, and who could defend at a super high level? Kind of like what we're seeing from the guys in Boston, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Could he be something like that? And I think that that injury has obviously hurt them. Otherwise, instead of 27 wins, maybe they have 30, 31, and they're comfortably in that seven spot. But I think 
you know, the Bucks are going to sweep whoever's there, and Toronto should dispatch whoever's there in five games, so it'll all be moot and just a stepping stone for us to get to where we're eventually going to get to. Well, let's talk about the 76ers. One of my favorite teams to talk about. Um, they they are like Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to yeah. some things. They're all over the place. Now, on this show, especially with me, I am a clear proponent of Ben Simmons being completely overrated. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just me. That's just me. Um, but... What's going on in Philly? We've got problem, potential problems in the locker room. We've got, you know, Shake Milton tearing it up when he comes in the other night. He goes off. Uh, yeah, Simmons is hurt. Team now because of it. Oh yeah, I mean it's a good pickup. I should have picked him up. I didn't think about that. Damn. <laughs> um, but uh, you know what, what's going on in Philly? What What are your thoughts here? Is Philly flirting with a six seed when everybody thought they would end up being a potential two? Yeah, I think the injuries to Embiid and Simmons, I mean, that back injury, man, like having a back injury at this point of the year is tough because that's not something that you just wake up one day and it's gone. Um, And I think that this, along with, you know, Miami has a relatively soft schedule coming up, including a lot of home games. They're on a stretch right now, a lot of home games. And I think that this, not... Definitely, but I think this is going to contribute to Philly eventually not getting home court advantage in that first series, whomever they play against. Now, the question is, is Indiana going to pass them and be the seed when it's all said and done? Because me personally, I would like to see a Miami-Philly series. I think a lot of people, that's what they want to sign up for. I mean, Philly series, you know, the whole narrative about Jimmy Butler now being with this other team that people laughed at him for joining, but then all of a sudden they're better than Philly in the regular season because of Jimmy Butler and because of Bam. So I think that, you know, I think that it's all about whether or not Indiana is going to pass Philly at this point. And that's, that's, that kind of sucks because a lot of us had Philly, you know, being first or second in the East, a lot of us had Philly. I had Philly going to the finals, and I had Joel Embiid winning MVP in the regular season and losing to the Lakers in the championship. But right now, uh, I don't see how they're not a first-round exit regardless of who they're against. I, 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 I still think the defense is there. Like, they can lock up and really take it to somebody on the defensive side of the ball and win a series doing it in a dirty, sort of nasty 1990s type of way and some real, I guess, grit and grind basketball. But right now, you know, I really like Boston. I really like Miami, and I really like Milwaukee. Uh, I don't love Toronto, but I do like Toronto. I don't love them in the way that some other people do, and I actually don't think they're going to hold that second seed. Um, So we'll see what happens there. Um, I'll say this about Philly. I think their lack of bench depth has incredibly hurt them this season. Uh, Shake Milton being really him and Corkmaz really the only bench guys that have ever that have really come in and done a lot. I mean, it, they they're hurting for a bench, and the Al Horford experiment has not worked, in my opinion. Um, Tobias Harris, you know, he's kind of hot and cold. Josh Richardson's not Jimmy Butler. We all knew that, um, and and I don't I don't like Jimmy Butler. By the way, I'm not a Jimmy Butler fan, but I won't deny 
I won't deny how good he is on the court, um, and I won't deny what an asshole he is in the locker room as a Wolves fan. And uh, so there's my <laughs> my weekly Jimmy Butler hate that our listeners are used to by now. So that's fine, uh, as long as I get that out there. Um, I want to look, before I let you go, I'm looking yeah. out west right now, and there are a few teams that just really interest me. And I think probably the most interesting team out West right now has got to be the Utah Jazz because this is a team that was hyped coming into the season. Now, I'm not saying they haven't lived up to the hype because they've done quite well. I mean, they're setting fifth in the West, 38-22 and 22 record. They're a game back of Houston, you know, three games back of the Clippers and Denver. So there's potential they could move up all the way to the two seed if things go correctly here. Um, what do you think about Utah? Do you like what they've got? Do you like what they're building there? You know, Mike Conley gets the big contract. They build a pretty solid bench. They get Joe Ingles, or Rudy Gobert, Bogdanovich. I mean, of course, Donovan Mitchell is a, a great player, but do you like what Utah's put together, and what do you see for them come playoffs? Are they still just a first-round exit, or do you see them maybe getting in the second round making some noise? Yeah, I think – Maybe they're around what I thought they were going to be. I probably had them in the top four in the West. And, you know, they're still right there. I, I think there's a world where they switch with Houston. And that's going to be that's going to be big, by the way. Whoever can get that fourth seed and get home court advantage between Houston, Utah, Oklahoma City. And I guess Dallas is still in that mix, too. But who's going to get that fourth spot, I think, is going to be huge. Um, with Utah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, like, I like the Jordan Clarkson pickup more than I thought I would. He's actually given them some, some uh, you know, huge scoring punch off the bench. I think he's actually the third leading scorer right now after Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, former net. And Jordan Clarkson is somebody who I think helps, you know, considering that Mike Conley just hasn't been that good this year. I think that this would be more, you know, get, be getting even more attention if Jordan Clarkson at least wasn't good coming off the bench. The Mike Conley spot has been concerning. I, I thought he'd be much better. I thought he'd fit in, you know, just better. I thought he'd be more efficient, and he hasn't been any of those things. So that's pretty concerning. And I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to wake up one day and just kind of be, you know, regular Mike Conley that we've known. He's 32 years old. Is this it? You know what I mean? Is this, is this what? Is this a decline? Is this what we're going to see from now on? Because, you know, he's 32, but he wasn't someone that spent four years in college. He was one and done out of Ohio State. This is his 13th NBA season. So do we see it getting better than this? Like, I, I think this could be it in terms of uh, the dip, and I think Utah is going to have to overcome that. Now, granted, it's not a, it's not a big contract that he's owed. Obviously, he has, a, he has an early termination uh, for, for next year. And his 2021 deal becomes fully guaranteed if he plays sort of 55 games, um, you know, this year. I don't know that I don't know with with that. It doesn't look like he's going to be there long term. This continues, and with there, the defense, and that's where my but I don't think more than Clippers. I think the West is going to go through one of those teams. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you. I put uh, I put some money down on the Clippers to win the finals yesterday. So uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Clippers. But uh, <laughs> I mean, the odds were good, so I was like, eh, hey, why not? It's just twenty five dollars. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Brian, for sure. I, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you coming on here and kind of bouncing around, talking about some playoff basketball and. You know, a few sure. of the games we saw last night with big implications, and uh, there's going to be more coming down the season. And let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you and hear your podcasts and uh, all that stuff. Get those plugs in there. Yeah, that's almost proud of someone. B-R-Y-A-N-F-O-N-S-E-C-A-N-I, as in New York. You know, Instagram and all that stuff. And then the podcast is the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast with Dexter Henry and myself. Uh, that is AHTT podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff. So you can find me there. Well. All right. Well, it's good having you on, Brian. Thanks again for being on. And we hope to have you back real soon. We'll talk some more basketball. And we have to talk to you once we get close to playoff time. So thanks again, man. Cool, man. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. You too. Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. And big thanks to Brian Fonseca for jumping on the show from the It Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. And big thanks to our sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New. And of course, Stay Classy Meats, where you can get all the meat that you can handle. Just head on over to Stay Classy Meats. Boy, that didn't sound good. But just head on over to Stay Classy Meats. Stayclassymeat.com. So check them out. Hold on, Nate. Hold on, Nate. What's that now? Phone call coming in. Okay. <laughs> FCC, Nate. What do I tell them? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the FCC doesn't, doesn't, no, they don't cover podcasts, so they can That's, eat my it, shorts. All right. It would, be, it would be FCC. Have you been listening that you're only calling for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's what you're calling in about, FCC? Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> Where were you a year ago? <laughs> no <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> You remember the infamous Tom Robinson N-word drop? Oh, God. Oh, Tom! <laughs> oh, edit, edit! Yeah. Live, we can't edit! Yeah, that's the scary part. Oh, oh man. Anyway. There's, been a, lot, there's yeah. been a lot of stuff on here that... Uh, <laughs> they well, they the slip past the sensor. 
first uh, 15 sure. minutes of my of the birthday show would never have passed on any platform. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> yeah, your birthday was fun. That was a good time. Oh man! But uh, anyway, oh, all these great memories we make on the show, and you know we got other memories such as this. And that's right, it's time for Bush League as we pick out some of the worst of the week in Bush League. And and I'm going to tell you, it won't be a nominee this week, but I want to give a shout out to to my man Shaq. His hairline. (laughs) My (laughs) God. I mean, that is definitely, if it's not a category for the Boggsy Awards, it should be. Because, I mean, wow. between between me and him and Tom, I don't know who's got the worst hairline, but I think that is a Boggsy Award waiting to happen. Uh, <laughs> between me, him, and LeBron, and Tom. That poor man. I think I just I think I just wrote a Boggsy category, which they are coming soon. We promise. Eventually I mean, the last get here. the last picture I saw looked like somebody had taken a sharpie to Shaq's head. <sighs> He's a man of his word, though. I'll give him that. He lost the bet. He's a man of his word. Well, how much heat's he really going to take? I mean, people are going to bug him from afar, but it's not like somebody's walking up to Shaq and giving him the business. Well, of course. But, uh, get, all right. Anyway, Tim, let's get to it. It's time for Bush League. And uh, we got three nominees again this week. And uh, let me know when you're ready, and we will get going. I was born ready, Nate. Well, if you're born ready, here we go. Our first nominee, the courtside seats for the man in Boston in a very nice suit. And uh, you see Kimball Walker drive the lane. Jason Tatum's not ready. And boom, my man loses his beer all over himself. And his wife is just like, oh, honey. <laughs> She's just laughing because she knows he really shouldn't have had that beer, the old guy. Yeah, and now he's going to get another one and not be able to drive home. But, <laughs> man. Now you're going to go to church on Sunday and they're going to smell that beer and they're going to mock you. <laughs> ah, they're in Boston. It's okay. Everybody in Boston drinks. So it's kind of a rule there. <laughs> but, man, he took that right. And I hate to say it like this, but, man, he took that ball right to the face. Well, I mean, and it was like, I mean, let's let's call it what it was. I mean, what a pinpoint pass that was to nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Tatum wasn't ready for it, and neither was uh, uh, Ray Donovan there, whatever his name no, is. But I don't know the guy. The guy looks like a cross of Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. It's kind of freaky. Yeah, I, I see. He actually kind of you know? kind of reminds me of uh, kind of reminds me of like uh, William H Macy yeah. in like forty years. Where, uh, you see that a little guy, bit. Uh, Larry David. Yeah, Larry David. That's it. <laughs> yep, that's Larry David. <laughs> That's it. That's Larry David. He's in disguise at the game. Yeah, Larry David just enjoying the game, and and for that, Larry David, you've made it. You you're here, my friend, front row in Boston, Larry David for the bill, the beer spill. That's Bush, Bush League. You hear me? I bet it was Bush beer too. That'll teach him to use the celebrity entrance. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, our next Bush League nominee. Uh, is Josh Jackson, and uh, this kind of sums up that man's career in the NBA. Gets a great steal, goes up for a dunk, and not even close. 
he didn't even yeah. hit. I don't know if he hit the rim. You know what's weird about that dunk to me? Usually dunks that fail are short. Yeah, his was long. He's strong. He's too strong that he actually overshoots. Yeah, he did. And that just the former number four overall pick just coming out of Kansas. I thought this kid had so much upside, but that that missed dunk has pretty much summed up that young man's career. And yeah, uh, you know, maybe he'll turn it around. I don't know, but he just uh, bless his heart. I mean, I I just hear like uh, not suitable for work or children coming up. People, here he comes down the court, dribbles. I'm gonna slam this thing down the door. I'm gonna hammer it. And then the look on his face is just like fuck. Yeah. That's a shame. How can you miss? Like, I understand, you know, not getting, you know, you're a little bit tired or whatever, and you you get a little bit of uh, rim. But how do you like? I don't. You know, I'm sure it's happened, but I don't think I've ever seen a guy actually miss the entire hope and smash it off the glass like that. That's crazy. Well, you have now because you know why you've seen it because it happened here on. Uh... I mean, that's that is Bush League. That's Bush League. It's. I don't know what that is. Something. Well, I know what's coming up next, and that right there is LeBron James. As he goes to throw the ball inbounds, takes a bounce, and then just skip past, and then just bounces it over to Jared Dudley after hitting it. Can't do that, LeBron. That is illegal, and they called it. <laughs> not, not even you can do that, LeBron. Nope, LeBron, you can't get away with that one. And uh, particularly oh, when, your own, when your own player acts like the ball's on fire and just like slaps it back at you, like, oh, I don't want, oh, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, and he was just like, and Dudley just looks at him like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, can you can you imagine the scene if this let's reverse these two players? Oh yeah, LeBron would probably be tuning him out. Guaranteed. Yeah, so the disgust is. I think maybe he was blinded by those lemon yellow shoes they're wearing. Either that or that was the night he was uh, – that's the night they played New Orleans, too. So, we need to talk about that before we go to our next interview. We will here in a second. But, LeBron, buddy, welcome back. Bush League. Uh-huh. All right, Tim. We got our three nominees. We got Larry well, David with the beer. We got Josh Jackson <laughs> with the dunk. And we got LeBron with his head in his ass. What do you think? No, no. Larry David, of course. Like that's pretty funny, but it's not Larry David's fault. So we can we can't we can't punish him any further for that. He gets the bronze. Uh, okay. Oh. Uh, oh man, because LeBron, I I, I want to crucify LeBron so badly, but he's just under such pressure. Of, you know, he, he's he's really in that moment. He's really thinking about the appropriate way to celebrate with the, all the players he loves so much at the end of games. So I'm going to give him the pass on that one, Nate. He's going to get the silver. That failed Tomahawk dunk mess. That, that's got to be the winner. All right. Well, Josh Jackson, congratulations. You have won this week's edition of Bush that's League, me. which means you've won right, a um, free round trip to the Delco Notel Motel where you can go there and stay and it is well lit and it's a road that you will definitely want to go down down. and complimentary sheets. And uh, they'll even give you a nice Swiffer to help clean the blood off the walls if need be. So congratulations (laughs) to Josh Jackson on that. Josh Jackson threw, he threw that down like he was Jesse Jackson. 
<laughs> you threw that. Well, I'm not going to go or maybe, there. All right. Or, or, or maybe Michael's uh, Joe Jackson, the dad of the Jackson Five. Uh, if he was Jesse Jackson, then that does not make sense. But <laughs> sing, sing, damn it, get in that fireplace. <laughs> Nevertheless, Josh Jackson, our Bush League winner, and uh, get your tap dancing shoes on to our good buddy in Shinston, Ed Boggus. It's time to dance. Bush League. Bush League. Ed better hope we never go to video because, you know, if we ever get, went to a video podcast, we would have a Ed's head superimposed over some chick on the pole for Bush League. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's no way around it. We'd have to do it. But anyhow, love you, Ed. We do. But, you know, we talked about this off air. Let's talk about LeBron James and a lot of the criticism that he received after the uh, the game with New Orleans the other night where he was really just uh, – there was a lot of – maybe he was showing too much love to Zion Williamson, you think? Well, I watched on uh, Pardon the Interruption and First Take and all these shows. And I was amazed because so many of them were, well, he's an ambassador for the game and he wants the young guys to do well, and which is pretty all true. But I, I don't know. this The love fests in games bother me. I, I They're not supposed to be the bestest of buddies. You're not supposed to, like, you can do that stuff behind the scenes. Like, there was no reason why they couldn't do that in the dressing room or, you know, behind closed doors or after the game or, or whatever. But it's almost, maybe I'm wrong and maybe part of it is because I don't like LeBron. It just seems like a lot of it's a look at me moment. Look at me. I know this is going to get on television. I know people are going to talk about this. He got he got praised for for doing all that, and yet when uh, who's the other uh, was it was it uh, oh I can't remember the guy's name. It was a rookie, and he went to he he dribbled the ball in between the guy's legs, and it was an older player, and he just clobbered him. John Morant, maybe. I, I think so. And he got chastised for oh well, what a you know, he shouldn't do that. And I'm like, no, that's exactly what he should do. Young guys in the league who think they're going to show up an old veteran like that get clobbered. That's how it works. I got no problem with that whatsoever. It, 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 I just don't I, don't. I don't know what the point is. Like, they shouldn't be buddies, in my opinion. They, they they play for opposing teams. I don't get it. Now, granted, I'm a crotchety old white dude, so maybe I am out of touch and just don't get it. That's possible. But... Man, can you imagine like Larry Bird fucking hugging Bill Lambeer at the end of a game? <laughs> no, no, I could not. I think, I mean, to be honest, I think that is a lot of what is missing from the NBA right now. There is not a lot of edge to NBA games anymore. Occasionally it happens, but for the most part, there isn't. And it, they, I would love to see games get a little more tense. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's uh, kind of kind of hard not to. So I don't know. We'll. Uh... I mean, okay. Did we put did we put that all on LeBron, or did we put some of that maybe on the media too? I think you got to put some of it on the media. Because some there was a time when something like that might have happened, and you just wouldn't have heard about it. 
Now, I mean, yeah. ESPN, ESPN has pretty much got, you know, what, uh, ESPN 1 to whatever it is, and then they've got ESPN LeBron 24 hours practically. Well, that's that's a Brian Windhorst idea, but we won't I mean, get into that either. I mean, the guy does anything, and it's 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 covered somehow. So, Oh, yeah, everything that man does is, is definitely covered. Yeah, and that's not LeBron's fault. i, I got to at least give him that much that he he's not responsible for something. No, like that. that's more the sports channel's fault. But still, it, it's still aggravating. I'm not going to lie about it. It's still incredibly yeah, aggravating. Uh, I'm going to agree. All right. Well, I'll tell you what's not aggravating, Tim, and that's having some good guests on your show. And I got a chance to sit down and talk to play-by-play announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves, my guy, Dave Benz. He and I were able to sit down and have a chat about the Wolves this season and what's going on and what to look forward to in the future. But before we go to that, I want to tell everybody about Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And uh, have you seen the new – the new pop Funko they're putting out very limited edition, Mr. Uh, Spacely from the Jetsons. Oh, I watched that when I was a kid. Mate. Yeah. This is actually really cool. You're going to have to check it out. They've also got the, uh, the Marvel collectors, Iron Man. It's an exclusive. Go check them out. It's only 15 bucks. So head on over and check out atomic comics and collectibles, LLC. Let's hear a little more from them. Shall we? If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Well, back with us on the show once again is the Minnesota Timberwolves play-by-play man, Dave Benz. And, Dave, it's always good to have you on Wide Men Can't Jump. Always good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. How are you doing? Uh, doing okay. Hanging in there. As a Wolves fan, it's uh, been an up-and-down season. Let's go back to the trade deadline, if we could. Um little mixed emotions, I think, for some Wolves fans, especially me. Um, we get the point guard of the future that we wanted. We get D'Angelo Russell in a move that surprised me. I didn't see it happening. I didn't think it would happen, but it did. Um, we get rid of Andrew Wiggins in the trade, who I, I personally wish nothing but the best to. Um, Andrew you know, was a good player in Minnesota. It just wasn't working. Um, what's your thoughts on the trade of Wiggins and then the, the pick in not this year, but next year's draft? for Russell. Was it the right move? Do you like the move? Did you not like the move? What's your thoughts, Dave? I mean, I love the move. You know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Andrew is still someone who is uber talented. I still think he's only scratched the surface of what he can do in this league. 
And I really genuinely hope that he is able to unlock his full potential and find some consistency in uh, California and able to become an all-star for the Warriors and, and really have a fantastic career. For whatever reason, I just don't think he was able to do that in Minnesota. He was not able to really kind of unlock that full potential. And maybe part of it was because he wasn't surrounded by veterans that were able to really kind of show him how to do it. And had been there before and whatever that reason had been, but clearly it wasn't working for whatever reason in Minnesota. And clearly the Timberwolves team that has needed to have a, a franchise point guard. They haven't had one really since Sam Cassell. I mean, you go back to Stefan Marbury and Sam Cassell and since that time, the Timberwolves have really struggled to find a ball-dominant point guard that can run the offense, that can get his own shot when necessary, that really wants to take a shot. And, and you know, the, you didn't mention Jeff Teague, and Jeff Teague was an all-star and had a, had a fantastic uh, career before he got to Minnesota, and he had some moments in Minnesota where he was great. But he was a reluctant shooter. He was never a guy that was going to really take over a game. D'Angelo Russell is that kind of player. We've yet to really see what this trade can really do for the Timberwolves in terms of impa- impacting winning because, unfortunately, Russell and Towns only played the one game together in Toronto, and Towns has been out since then. But uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about with this trade. I think there's a, a lot of uh, potential for this to really be a nice core for the Timberwolves long term. So to make that deal and to also be able to – you know, trade a contract that a lot of people thought was untradeable and Andrew's contract with the max deal. Uh, I give a lot of credit to Gerson Rosas and the Timberwolves front office for being able to get that done. Yeah. And another deal that got done, you speak of uh, contracts that we didn't expect to uh, get moved. They, they moved Gorgie Jang and Gorgie is uh, let's just, let's be honest here. Gorgie is one of the best human beings in the league. Uh, you guys do coverage of everything he did uh, for communities, and he's a great guy. But that contract uh, was a tough one to move, and you were able to move him to Memphis. And, you know, Minnesota did a good job at the All-Star break really unloading a lot of the the talent that Tom Thibodeau had acquired at one point or just had a lot of stuff they needed to really let go to make themselves now – a free agent spot, maybe. Like, maybe you can get a free agent next year. Uh, but Gorgie Jenks' contract, Gorgie leaves. Uh, was it kind of bittersweet to see Gorgie go? Oh, there's no question. I mean, Gorgie, uh, I, I came on board with the Timberwolves right before the 2012-13 season. So, Gorgie was part of the first draft class that I was with the team to be a part of. And uh, Gorgie's first trip to Summer League in Vegas, I was out there. I was one of the first people to meet him and interview him. And, you know, so I developed a relationship with Gorgie right away. And as you said, he's one of, one of the best human beings in the league. And the, the humanitarian effort that he has taken for, uh, you know, people back in Senegal has been really something that's been impressive. And, um, you know, just he's such a great guy. He, he was just honest with, uh, with everybody about the way he felt about things, sometimes maybe to a fault. But you, you always knew what you were getting with Gorgie. The guy always tried. And, you know, a lot of people talked about the contract and was he overpaid. And, hey, great, great for Gorgie. He had the fortune, uh, the good fortune of, of being a free agent during that year when the, when the salary cap jumped and everybody was handing out money like candy on Halloween. And uh, you know what? If there's ever a guy that was going to get overpaid in the NBA, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that Gorgie was one of those guys because just such a good guy. And you know what? He didn't care about the money. Of course, if somebody was going to give him the money, he was going to take it. 
Uh, why would you not? But he, the money wasn't what drove him. He, he wanted to play, and he wanted to work to earn every penny of that contract. And um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Memphis ends up being a good fit for him. I saw last night that he had a double-double in, in the Grizzlies' big win last night uh, over Atlanta. Uh, and I say big. Obviously, beating Atlanta is not necessarily big, but they pounded the Hawks. Um, so I, I, I will miss Gorgie. There's no question. But, you know, and, and there's been times the team has missed Gorgie. The, the team right now with Towns being out, a lot of nights they're undersized, and you think, wow, you'd really like to have Gorgie in there to be able to try to defend some of these guys. The Timberwolves right now don't really have a true rim defender, uh, which is the reason why since the trade that they're giving up the most points in the paint in the NBA over that span. Um, so he, he's definitely missed, but, you know, you you, you got to kind of turn the page if you're really going to rebuild this thing into a modern NBA team, and that's what uh, the Timberwolves are doing right now. Yeah, and I like what they're doing uh, in terms of at least investing in three-point shooters like Malik Beasley. Uh, this guy came from the Nuggets, and this guy has been money at times for the Wolves. Uh, I know you guys have really, on your broadcast, have really praised him. What is it you like about Malik Beasley? Because this is a guy that wasn't really doing, you know, wasn't putting up huge numbers in Denver, but now in Minnesota, it looks like this is a really good fit for him. Uh, I mean, the thing I like about Malik the most is his motor and his confidence. You know, he's got he's got a little bit of swag to him. He's a guy who, much like D'Lo, he wants to shoot the ball. He's never going to be a reluctant shooter, maybe to a fault. Maybe he needs to, you know, find a way to get other teammates involved. But right now, that that's not his role. The Timberwolves are, are thrilled to have somebody like him that can get a three, can make a three, wants to shoot a three. Uh, you know, and he, and he hustles on the defensive end. He's not a great defender. There's certainly room for growth for him in that area. But he is a capable defender, and I, I think it's, you know, he becomes more – in tune with what it is that the Timberwolves really want him doing defensively. I think we'll see him get even better in that area. Uh, I just think there's a high ceiling for Malik. And the, the thing about, um, you know, the, the Malik deal that I think really made it such an attractive um, move by the Timberwolves is the fact that he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. So no matter what happens, the Timberwolves will have the, the option to be able to retain him. So he's a piece that the Timberwolves really can look at. Hey, this is a guy that we can build around long-term, much like D'Angelo Russell. So that that's what made that deal so impressive as well. Yeah, and another guy that came over in that deal, uh, Juan Herman Gomez, Hernan Gomez, excuse me. And he's been another piece for the Wolves that I've, I've actually really liked to see. Uh, now, he's not filling up the stat sheets, but he does a lot of stuff. He can stretch the floor. And again, at only $3 million, why not, is what I say. And yeah, I'd say Malik's going to get a decent payday. Hernan Gomez may get a decent payday. But, I mean, these are expiring deals that the Wolves can afford to walk away from if they feel like this isn't going to work or this isn't what we want or that's too much money. Uh, Hernan Gomez, what, what do you like about him? Do you see the Wolves keeping him next year? I, I like the fact that he's a, another big that can stretch the floor. He's proven that he can shoot the three since putting on the Wolves uniform. He's shooting over almost 50%. Uh, and he's another guy that I think brings a lot of energy and, is, you know, really uh, you don't have to – none of these guys that the Timberwolves brought in are guys that you gotta light a fire under. They're all guys that you got to try and put the reins on a little bit, and I think he falls into that category as well. And any coach will tell you that they would much rather have to pull a guy back than have to try to motivate him. Um, so I like that about Wancho. 
I, I, I don't know how he fits long term. Um, he's a little bit undersized to, you know, to be having to go in against some of these bigs every night. But he's holding his own, and I think he's a, a good, smart veteran player. He's got a lot of international experience, was part of that Spanish national team that won the World Cup alongside Ricky Rubio and Marc Gasol over the summer. Uh, I know that that's something that Gerson Rosas really liked about him. So uh, I think there's still a high ceiling for him. He's only in his fourth year in the league, and he's going to develop, and he's probably going to continue to get a little bit bigger. So, uh, again, another guy, like you said, the Timberwolves can control his rights if they want to. So, you bring in some guys that you have an option to be able to retain, and that certainly is attractive for a place like Minnesota, where it is tough to attract free agents to want to want to come, you know, just off off of the street and, and be in Minnesota. It's not uh, it's not historically been a destination for free agents. No, it really hasn't, and that, and to me that's a shame because you've got, you know, I've never been to the Twin Cities, but I've always wanted to visit. Clearly, but. You know, a lot of guys, they don't like the cold. They don't like the, you know, the snow or whatever, what have you. And it is kind of a uh, a long way away at times, depending on uh, where you're traveling from. But one guy who I think may have fallen in love with the city, and I know I've personally fallen in love with this game, is Jordan McLaughlin. My goodness. We're a two-way contract guy who kind of just came out of nowhere when the team needed somebody. And uh, I think this guy needs a contract immediately. Well, what do you think, Dave, on that? Well, you know, the, the Timberwolves right now are over the cap, which is, you know, kind of one of the reasons why I think we haven't seen Jordan McLaughlin and Keelan Martin get their deals converted to, to full deals yet. And I think the front office is trying to figure it out and balance how they're going to be able to do that. Because I, I agree with you. Jordan McLaughlin has clearly proven that he belongs in the NBA. Yes, he's undersized. Uh, but he plays much bigger than his size, and uh, he's become a fan favorite. There's no question. Everybody wants to root for the for a guy that they can relate to and 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 say, hey, you know what? That could be me. I'm not six foot nine or six foot ten, but I could probably get out there and be able to ball a little bit. And then nobody else, you know, most people aren't going to be as talented as McLaughlin, but uh, he has been fun to watch, and he's a confident player, and clearly he's a very smart player. Always seems to be in the right position. Has come up with some good defensive plays in addition to having that game winner in Miami. Uh, so you really like his game, and uh, I think he's got a future in the NBA. Whether or not it's with the Timberwolves long term, we'll have to wait and see. How good did that Miami win feel for you? Because it felt like here in West Virginia, that was a, a fist pumping take that Jimmy Butler moment. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun win. There's no question. And the fact that it was D'Angelo Russell blocking Jimmy Butler. I mean, if D'Angelo Russell had blocked Kendrick Nunn, who was trying to hit the game winner, it would have still been fun. It would have still been impressive. And we all would have really you know, loved the fact that the Timberwolves came back from 12 down with just under four minutes to go. But, you know, kind of the fact that it was the Timberwolves' past getting rejected by the Timberwolves' present and future, that just kind of added another layer to it. So that was one of the more memorable wins of the season, and I think fans are going to remember that one for quite a while. Yeah, and that one was great. And I and you and Jim on the call was, was fantastic, as always. Um, Towns and Russell, they finally get to play together. This has been kind of the story, and a lot of people were talking about Towns is unhappy, and then, of course, you had the rumors that Towns wanted out, even though he just signed a five-year deal, so I don't know what people were talking about, but they were saying Towns wants to go to the Knicks, Towns wants to go here, and there's always those things. Now he's got his buddy D'Angelo Russell there. 
And that this, I think, will keep him in Minnesota at least throughout the next five years with his contract. And what do you think the Wolves need now that they got their center? They got Russell. What do they need? They got some nice young players. I love Josh Akogi, and I'm so glad we got to keep him. Um, Jarrett Culver's a nice piece. We'll see how he develops. But what do they need realistically to really build this team and make a go? Well, clearly they need another big. They need a big that can, you know, help defend in the paint and be a defensive presence at the rim. Um, even when Cat is back, you know, you're still going to need a, a quality backup that's going to be able to give you some minutes. And I think the long-term question becomes, is Carl Anthony Towns long-term under Gerson Rosas' system where you do play small – you're, you're more likely to play small. Is Towns long-term going to be the center, or would they consider moving him to the four? You know, I, I think that under this system, he probably remains as the five. But it, it, I think that that's something you need. Whether it's a four or five, you need another big that can provide you some backup minutes to Towns at center um, and possibly even be paired with him. And, uh, you know, you probably need another You probably need another defender that, you know, can, can be – an on-ball defender that can go out and kind of be your Avery Bradley and just go out and try and shut somebody down. So, and certainly Joshua Kogi has been fantastic in that regard, and Jarek Culver is showing some some signs. So, you know, listen, I I think that the the book is still out, and that's why these these final games for the Timberwolves this season are going to be so interesting because clearly they're not fighting for a playoff spot, but there's a lot to be determined in terms of what do they need going into the off season, and, and that's why you know Ryan Saunders is going to coach every game, you know. Like the, regardless of what the score is, we've seen Ryan Saunders with the team being down double digits with 40 seconds to go, call a timeout and draw up something because he's still coaching, still trying to evaluate. And I think this process is, is going to have to play itself out over the next 20 games before anybody really can say definitively what they need. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And, and this is almost an audition for a lot of guys. Like you look at Nas Reed and, and Jalen Noel and a lot of guys like that, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, these are guys that are kind of auditioning right now. And, you know, thank God Jake Lehman has come back and he's finally better after that long extended absence. But, you know, there's other guys that may even, you know, we could use. Jacob Evans is a, was a good defender at Cincinnati in college, and we've not really seen much out of him yet. So, um, of, of some of those guys I'm listing, you know, they're all under contract, but a lot of them are exemptions and cheap deals. You know, you can buy out if you needed to. Who stays? Who do you think the Wolves want to keep? I know Nas Reed's 20 years old, and he's a beast. And, of course, Jake Lehman, you know, we got him under contract a few years. And I say we. Again, if you're listening out there, this is my team. So, if you don't like me saying we, tough to my show. Um <laughs> And, you know, Jalen Noel, guys like that, who do the Wolves keep? Who's, who's, well, I mean, not, not, well, not like you said, not, yeah, well, like you said, Nas and Layman are both under contract, and I, I don't think Nas is going anywhere. I mean, clearly they're giving him a, a lot of time to be able to see what he can do and let him develop. So I, I think that they are looking him at him as the future, and maybe he is the guy that is that, you know, backup four or five that, you know, I was just talking about. Um, I think that he needs to develop a little bit more on the defensive end, though. I, you know, when I was saying that, I think I'm, I'm kind of thinking more of a rim defender type guy than necessarily a guy that's going to help put, uh, score offensively. Because when you've got Towns and, and D'Lo out there, you you know, you, you've got the band Beasley. You've got the bulk of your offense right there. Um, 
So, uh, you know, who's going to stay? I mean, Jalen Noel is a, is a second-round pick, and he, uh, it's so frustrating with Jalen because his numbers in the G League have been so good. I mean, he's like 44% from outside the arc in the G League, and he's been a great shooter, and he was a, a really good three-point shooter at Washington. And for whatever reason, he's 3 of 24 outside the arc in, in an NBA uniform. And it's just kind of mind-boggling. Why has he struggled so much to be able to find his stroke? And you hope that maybe that's something that he'll be able to shake and, and develop some more consistency because uh, I think he's a guy, you know, you're talking about a Pac-12 player of the year. I think he's a guy that really potentially has a long-term future in the NBA. Um, you know, so I, I think, again, we're kind of on that same question about what do they need, who do they keep. This is why these final 20 games are so are so important because really, in my mind, they're nine games into the season. They made the trade nine games ago. So we're nine games into the season instead of, you know, 60-whatever games we, we, we really are. Uh, we're nine games into the season, and, and there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nas Reed, I watched him at LSU, and when the Timberwolves did sign him, I was ecstatic. I love what he can do. Um, one question I do want to ask. You know, coming off the books next year, they bought out Evan Turner. They've bought out Alan Crabb. Uh, there's, you know, probably going to be some guys walking next year. I know James Johnson's probably going to stick around uh, with his $16 million player option, and uh, he can basically be the bodyguard if need be. He is the toughest man in the league, and I dare anybody to try him. But um, are there any potential – Free agents that the Wolves think, hey, you know, look at what we've got. We've got two young 24-year-olds, not even in their prime. we got these great young talents, young kids, you know, Culver, Kogi. We're going to have a top pick this year as well. We're going to get some guys. Is there maybe a free agent out there that with all this cap possibly coming off that the Wolves could get? Is there somebody that maybe likes the cold, maybe likes Minnesota, maybe Towns or Russell would be friends with? I know a lot of people say Devin well, Booker, but he's not a free agent, so that's not happening. But is there anything the Wolves could get free agency-wise? Well, there's, first of all, um, you know, in terms of that, I have not studied the free agent class to really tell you, like, hey, here's definitively who's a free agent. I haven't looked that far ahead. And secondly, you know, I can't really talk about guys that are under contract with a with another team in that regard. So um, okay, you know, okay, even true, if I did true. have some thoughts on that, I can't really go there with you. But uh, okay. but I will tell you I'll, uh, but I will tell you that you know the, the end of the day I think Kirsten has already proven it and what he's done he's going to leave absolutely no stone unturned and he is certainly if there's somebody out there that he thinks is a good fit he's going to be aggressive about trying to get them to to consider coming to Minnesota and kind of put the stereotypes aside and and show them why you know Minnesota is a great place to live and a, and a great place to to play basketball. Absolutely. I, I apologize. I didn't know you couldn't talk about other players. My apologies, Dave. I didn't know that. Um, no, it's all good. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate you wanting to ask and it's, um, you know, but it's, uh, that's kind of, uh, kind of, you know, kind of the way, just the way it is. Hey, you learn something new every day. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I'll tell you what, I appreciate your time and I'm going to let you go. And I know you're a busy man and I appreciate you taking time. I know we, we had to work to schedule this, and you're traveling all the time, but I really do appreciate you taking some time and talking some Wolves ball with me. It's always uh, very much appreciated. I enjoy the broadcast, and uh, uh, as a broadcaster myself, I hate I'm going to miss the Wolves game tonight, but sectional high school basketball starts, so I'm 
tied up broadcasting tonight, but uh, I'll be watching on my phone looking for score updates. So appreciate your time, uh, right, Dave. Well, we appreciate you being such a big fan and, and doing the podcast and, um, you know, happy to come on anytime. I appreciate it. So you, Marty and Jim have a good broadcast tonight. Go Wolves and uh, hope to talk to you maybe after the season's over with. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dave. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Thanks again to all of our wonderful sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New, Stay Classy Meat, Strip Cam Fun, and Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. Thanks to our guests, Brian Fonseca from the It Ain't Hard to Tell podcast and Dave Benz from Fox Sports North with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Great to have all those guys on the show and one more thing i want to bring up before we get out of here talked about the elam ending a lot last week and a lot of people had a lot to say about it the basketball tournament the tv uh they have changed some rules to reduce the chances of a game ending on free throws apparently if a team commits a foul while in the bonus during the elam ending which has teams to play to a target score of course the other team will only get one foul shot instead of two and they'll retain possession of the ball. So that's one way they're trying to prevent games from ending on a free throw. So that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, there's also hmm. been some other thoughts that the NBA has. Uh, the NBA says they're probably going to stick with the Elam ending for the All-Star game, but they're not going to go and introduce it to the G League. And they're already thinking of ways to make it less likely for a team to win the All-Star game on free throws. That includes taking points away from a defensive team that commits a foul on a potential game-winning possession, or forcing the player who commits the foul to be substituted out of the game. So a I couple also, ideas there. I also came up with, uh, uh, I, I feel embarrassed, uh, what was the gentleman's name who was against it? Um, shit, you asked me too fast. Uh. I can't remember. Uh, Brendan Riley. Brendan Riley. Okay, right, right, right. I did ask him. Uh, I talked to him a little bit because um, another thing I came up with that we never even mentioned was uh, what about betting? How do you handle? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Vegas comes up with some kind of a system because they're Vegas, but that would require some work and a lot of math to figure out how do you handle over unders and stuff like that. 
Oh yeah, it'd be a lot. I mean, there'd, there'd be a lot of work to calculate yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely somebody's going to have to go to work, and they aren't going to do that right away, even if they're on board. So, if it's going to yeah. change, it's going to take a while before it happens. But anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens. And um, you know, there's a lot going on as we're getting closer and closer to playoff time. There's a a few, we've got a couple weeks before the playoffs start. Well, maybe more than a couple, but we've got about a month before the playoffs get rolling. And uh, it's going to be a fun time once they do, and we're kind of winding down the regular season. Some interesting playoff chases, and uh, we'll have all of it for you here on Wide Men Can Jump. We hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode, and uh, we hope you uh, come back and join us in, for another episode. And you know what? I do want to take a second and let you guys know. If you haven't noticed, Tim's been doing these little uh, album tribute episodes by himself. There's what, what, about a half an hour most of the time, and uh, you just list, like listing listing some albums that you may know and love, or maybe you don't know them and you want to and you want to know them and love them, like uh, Night Ranger. You know, the only thing I ever knew about Night Ranger was Motorin. You know, <laughs> that's all Lord. I ever knew. <laughs> but yeah, we I recommend you guys checking them out. They'll be on our Wide Men Can't Jump feed. Can't miss them. Go check them out. Tim's have a, classic rewind, I guess we'll call it, or Wide Men Can't Dance. A, we're gonna have a special edition with Josh Brown where we just hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And we'll have uh, the review of Abba's Dancing Queen with Ed Bogus. So looking forward to that. Oh, you just made me think of. Take it easy. Take it nice and slow. That's La Parca. No. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, man. But you can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM oh, Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. And we hope you guys... What is it? There there will be semi-celebrity guests coming up on the uh, Wide Men Can't Dance. Oh, I'm looking forward ah, to it. Ha! Ha! Deal with that. Right, I I'm excited sorry, to hear it. Sorry to interrupt, but yes, we got some semi celebrities coming up in the weeks coming up. So I'm looking forward to it. So it should be a good time, and hope you guys enjoy the episode. And uh, I'm Nate again, and this is the final episode that I'll do as a uh, man in my twenties. Next week I'll uh, I'll be a man in my thirties. So oh, until next time, oh, it's all over. Yeah, all, all downhill over. from here. Oh, All right, uh, Tim. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, but I, but I, I will be doing the closing bit. Okay, uh, go if, ahead. If you're finished. Well, it's not a go bit. Ahead. It's just. Are you done? Are I'm finished? done. Go for it. It's over. That's over. Yeah. Good night. For, it's good night from me and good night from him. Tune in next week, same channel, same station, for another edition of Stampede Wide Men Can't Jump. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search wide men can't jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meets, 
Or you can check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.